0: all right this is sunday september the 10th 2023 i say that just so you have one thing that you can take away this morning that you can uh, use and we are in bible study all right we're in the second session of 13 sessions exploring Exploring the book of Mark. Uh, This book in my Bible is titled Mark. Just simply Mark. It's usually referred to as the Gospel of Mark. Your Bible may title it the Gospel according to Mark. And, And in my opinion, that's the best description of the book's content. It's the good news according to Mark. The good news according to Mark. What's the good news? Jesus. Yes, thank you. Jesus. He is the Christ. He's the promised Messiah. He is the Son of God. That's how Mark starts his book, of course. In, all right, In the first verse where we read the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. In the beginning of the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the Son of God. Mark did not uh, attempt to compile a complete and detailed biography of Jesus. Instead, he wanted to, to demonstrate the basic elements of the good news as scott pointed out to us so well in our first session the book is fast-paced and quite compact he uses the word immediately in the book frequently does that frequently all right
1: i like what our study book has uh, uh, proclaimed jesus is worthy of us telling others about
0: him. And yes, that's, that is the uh, summary statement of, of our lesson, yes. All right? And as Scott led us last week, we digested the first 13 verses of chapter 1. Uh, where Jesus was introduced uh, by the way of the ministry of John the Baptist, Jesus's baptism by the Baptist, which linked him thusly, to the beginning of Jesus's ministry, uh, to that of John the Baptist, and and that beginning was also marked by the the sense of Jesus being just enveloped, if you will, surrounded by the Holy Spirit and God the Father's statement of affirmation: "This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased." Well pleased. Thank you. Yes so scott led us through a discussion of uh, mark's description of satan's testing of jesus and his mission which he uh which he endured in the wilderness falling right after his baptism it reminds us that even though we are often most vulnerable to temptation after a close experience with god and also we can rely on Jesus for strength to resist Satan's schemes. Well the gap between last week's lesson and today's includes a mention of John the Baptist's arrest, Jesus' preaching of the Kingdom of God in the region of Galilee, the calling of four fishermen, Simon who was later named called Peter, uh, and Andrew, James, and John, four, to come and follow him. And we had Jesus teaching in uh, Capernaum. That was uh, the hometown for these fishermen. And Jesus' healing a, of a man possessed by demons. Uh, and, we, and in there it says that Jesus' authority just blew the minds of all the people there in the town. And news about Jesus spread throughout that region and in the back of your books is a is a map uh, of, of uh, all of Jesus's ministry and in the upper part of that map you'll see the Sea of Galilee really not a sea it's just a large lake but up at the upper uh, north end of that lake you'll find uh, Capernaum a, a fishing village Uh, if you will. Uh, Not a very large uh, place, but uh, significant. And Jesus kind of made that his headquarters while he was in that region. And so that's what we're talking about. Uh, And then Mark continued uh, in that uh, gap of scripture uh, with the healing of Simon Peter's mother-in-law. And that was followed by the whole town assembling that evening at Peter's door. Simon Peter's door then had people gathered all around uh, with people who were, many of them who were afflicted. Uh, And and Jesus went on that evening. It was in the evening. And he healed, healed many there. All right. So these days around Capernaum, uh, the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, we're, we're power packed uh, and physically exhausting times for Jesus. So, our study today of the remaining portion of the chapters, we'll be looking at uh, verses 35 through 45 of that first chapter. And it's labeled in our study guides as what, Charlotte? What is it? What's the title of this lesson? Well,
1: like we said. Uh, Pro
0: the title is proclaimed. Proclaimed. Thank you. Charlotte Jr. (laughs) (laughs) All right, good. Proclaim. Proclaim. All right. That's that's life ways. I've expanded it to to this. Jesus and his message proclaimed. All right. Last we saw last week we saw Jesus is being introduced. All right. Now we have Jesus and his message proclaimed. And in lieu of our uh, study guide's outline points, i borrowed the outline points written on the board, uh, which which are, are these. We'll see the power behind ministry, we'll look at the direction of ministry, then the opportunity for ministry, then the witness of ministry. And as you will see, these will closely align with uh, uh, the editors of Lifeway's, uh sections. All right, So, let's go. Let's go. The power behind ministry. Beginning with verse 35. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, that would be Jesus, uh, got up went out and made his way to a deserted place and there he was praying. And so there's several elements to uh, Jesus' actions here. Uh, It was early. How early? How early was it?
1: Before Before daylight. Yeah,
0: before daylight. It was dark. Yeah, it was still dark. The original Greek refers to night so we can presume It would be the last portion of the night, okay, before daylight, all right? And so he got up. Uh, The text tells us that his intent was to pray, but he didn't stay in bed to do that. He got up, and not only did he get up, he went out. He left the house. He separated himself from others, Uh, and this was insurance, I think, from any interruption, all right? How far did he go? Well, the text says he went to a deserted place, a wilderness type of place, all right? A place where I think he could be assured of (coughs) being alone. And from the verses that follow, we know he didn't stop then at the doorstep or on the porch or, or the courtyard he did he went out of the neighborhood all of this uh indicates his necessity of being alone as he communes with the heavenly father the periodical periodical christianity today christianity today quoted the verse the words i'm sorry the words of the late late evangelist samuel Dickie Gordon about Jesus' prayer life. And he says, the quote is this How much prayer meant to Jesus. It was not only his regular habit, but his resort in every emergency, however slight or serious. When perplexed, he prayed. When hard pressed by work, he prayed. When hungry for fellowship, He found it in prayer he chose his associates and received his messages upon his knees if tempted he prayed if criticized he prayed if fatigued in body or wearied in spirit he had recourse to his one unfailing habit that of prayer prayer brought him unmeasured power at the beginning and kept the flow unbroken and undiminished there was no emergency no difficulty, no necessity, no temptation that would not yield to prayer. Jesus needed then the power of prayer to sustain him in his ministry. And as his disciples, we need no less. I'm reminded of our pastors referring often to his rising at 5.30 a.m every day or his alone time with God's word and prayer no matter the business busyness or lateness of the previous days work and i've got to admit to you this is one area in my walk that does need improving how about you regular prayer is needed to remain focused on the direction of ministry beginning with verse 36 Simon and his companions searched for him and when they found him they said everyone is looking for you they had to hunt for Jesus pursue him so to speak that's how we know he had secluded himself successfully and why do you suppose everyone was looking for for Jesus. Do you think they were worried about his safety? They wanted to be healed. Yeah, you're right. I think they wanted more healing. They wanted more teaching. Uh, more astounding miracles. Bottom line?
1: They just wanted to be with him.
0: More shows what they wanted. Yeah. They wanted to be around him. Yeah. They just wanted to be around him. Now was Jesus opposed, you think, uh, to more teaching and doing uh, miraculous healings? No, of course not. All—all all were signs of his divine authority. The natural tendency of the people, however, however, was to misinterpret the nature of his true messiahship, and this was. In uh, fact, was demonstrated on other occasions, as people wanted to make him a king because of the provisions he made for their physical needs. Remember the feeding of the, the what, five thousand, and also there was an incident of four thousand. Right? And what did they make him king? All right. And so, so the people in in Judea and Galilee <coughs> have an opinion of who the Messiah will be. When he does come, he'll be a fighter who will push the Roman army out. No more Roman trouble. He'll be a peacemaker who will unite all all the Jews, making Jerusalem a world center. He'll be a genius, solemn-like king, bringing great riches. He'll be a charismatic charismatic man, inspiring everyone. To reach their own potential. Yes. So, yeah, and at
2: this point in time, uh, did these people have any? You know, how did they, they know about religion and things like this? Do oh they have any kind of a Bible no. or anything? yeah,
0: yeah, these were these were this was at this point this was this this was a Jewish region populated mainly by Jewish people, and of course, they uh, they had. They had uh the torah they had the law they, they essentially had all the sacred writings they had the uh the old testament really and they had uh, they organized they had uh, uh priests they had rabbis they had if you had a if as many as ten in your little village so to speak you could have a synagogue a synagogue to us would be like a local church all right and so they yes they had instructions now that uh and they knew they were looking for a messiah a deliverer if you will a savior being a deliverer as i just described now the prophets had had told them that some 400 years prior to this it's been a long time coming all right and of course, uh, there's, you can look at the timelines and find those if you study. But the, this Jesus is about thirty years old at this point, right? so uh, he was being his beginning his, his ministry. Uh, yeah, he was even
1: though he was just beginning to be known, he was also getting criticized for not to the Sabbath.
0: well that was one of the critical things that came up yes and and, and that will we'll see that as we as we go you know the first chapter we're spending two, two Sundays in the first chapter because the first chapter sort of sets the theme for the first half of of, of Mark's good news all right and so and so and the last half's taken up with the passion of Jesus so 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 but jesus didn't leave the place where they found him to go back to capernaum we find that in verse 38 verses 38 39 and he said to them let's go on to the neighboring villages villages so that i may preach there too this is why i came he he went into all of the galilee into all of galilee preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. He had done that preaching and driving out demons in Capernaum, as a matter of fact. So now he went on. Now he, he um, Jesus' focus on his early ministry needed to be maintained. You know, it was similar, I think, in a way, The the railroad tracks leading to a destination, all right? No departures on the railway sidings, you know. But to go go to his destination. He was focused on uh, his, uh, his destination. What was his destination? What was his finished work?
1: The cross.
0: The cross, yes the bearing of my sin uh, and your sin, the reconciling of us with God. Uh, Argyle Smith, in his commentary remarks, Jesus did not intend for Capernaum to be the capital city of his kingdom. People in other places needed to hear the good news about his kingdom and salvation the salvation available through jesus i profess faith in jesus my life is to glorify god and as a follower of jesus i have a commission a great commission as a matter of fact no distractions allowed But can I honestly say I'd rather have Jesus more than anything this world affords today? Can you, as the song says, want to be more his than what, class? More his than what? Silver or gold, riches (coughs) untold, houses, lands, men's applause, worldwide fame, or to be a king or queen over a vast domain. I don't look for applause. The Holy Spirit's working on me in that regard. How about you? David McKenna, uh, in his commentary on Mark, reminds us that churches can also get sidetracked. He points out that security is always a temptation that stands off against risk yet in the purpose of god the movement is always forward through open doors and into wider horizons he goes on to say that christians who have stopped going and growing are really the most miserable of creatures they clog up churches With undue caution and thus infect the body of Christ. He says they are inventors of paralysis by analysis. As we see here, Jesus chooses risk over security. So Jesus went throughout the area of Galilee preaching in their synagogues. We could say he went out preaching through the local churches and driving out demons. Now, demons in churches? The text isn't clear about that. Uh, uh, Well, inside or outside? Well, maybe. Maybe. Either way, you know, and you've heard this said before church. The, the church is like a hospital filled with sick people, not healthy people. So, yes. Isn't it good if somebody's among us that, that is, is displaying some mental problems? Isn't it good that person is, is, is in church with us? So Jesus was doing just what God called him to do. And then came another opportunity for mission, ministry beginning in verse 40. An opportunity for ministry. Then a man with leprosy came to him and on his knees begged him if you are willing, you can make me clean. Now, when, when preaching the, uh, the good news of, of the kingdom, Jesus never lost sight of the needs of those uh, to whom he, he preached, to whom he ministered. His compassion moved him to share the love of God by meeting needs and as we have observed earlier uh the news of this spread outward from all of the local communities in the case here a man came to him who had leprosy leprosy today we refer to leprosy as Hansen's disease and that and and it's a a long-term bacterial infection, which is now treatable, it can lead to damage of the nerves, the respiratory tract, uh, your skin, your eyes. Uh, this nerve damage may result in a lack of ability to feel pain. It can lead to the loss of, of, of a person's extremities uh, from repeated injuries or infection through uh, wounds that just. Person doesn't notice because the causes of lack of sense of pain. In the first century, here, I refer to a variety of conditions which affected the skin and limbs, and I think such as various kinds of boils and, and rashes. In the worst cases, it would uh, slowly eat away and, and, and could rot the, the body. Putting its victim under a guaranteed death sentence, uh, and we know from the Old Testament that lepers were isolated from social interactions and placed in leper colonies outside the city. And in the not too distant past times, uh, that was still done around the world. You can recall we that uh, there was a leper colony one of the islands. Of why and uh, and so it's not that un- unusual uh, to know that uh, the priest would have to examine them and if found to be unclean uh, with a skin disease uh, then they were uh, quarantined because they were unclean and they'd have to dress like people in mourning by wearing torn clothes and a face covering, uh, and all of the procedures for them all spelled out in, in the law, in Leviticus. Leviticus 13 and Leviticus 14, yes.
2: Uh, Ken, I, when I was growing up, seven, eight years old, and uh, they had a big straw field, so I went uphill from my house and wide, you know and a young man had some kind of disease and he, they quarantined him up there in that field. They built a tent for him with a top on it and he, way up in the hill and all this straw field to get him away from everybody. So that, that, that kind of contagious diseases existed even then. Oh yeah,
0: well, uh, <laughs> it's not exactly the same thing. Uh, well, I know when, when I was a little boy, I had scarlet fever, all right? I was in the hospital, I was in Grady Hospital, in quarantine, all right, back in the early 40s. And uh, because, uh, uh, you know, that's what you did. Isolated the person, so you, you were contagious. More recently, not in the same way, of course. What about COVID, what about COVID, you know? We were so afraid.
2: We, I we had scarlet fever too. <clears throat> and the health department came out and put a sign on the front door, quarantine.
0: Yeah.
1: Wait, now we got the RSV.
0: But now we've got the RSV. Now I don't know if you're quarant- quarantined with Rice. Well, you know, have COVID, we talked. You know, your touch, your breathing, and everything affects someone else. And you had to stay in. And it's still recommended, even though the latest strain, to stay in.
1: Where I live, and she's
0: as far as I know, she's still in quarantine. Yeah. Well, by approaching Jesus, uh, this uh, leprosy plagued man violated many of those rules spelled out in Leviticus. Uh, Now, whether or not he shouted, unclean, unclean, that's not even mentioned by Mark. But obviously, he came because he was desperate. He was desperate for help. Okay? He came to Jesus humbly and he begged. He knew that if Jesus was willing, Jesus had the power. The power to do what? To heal him. To cure him. Yes. Alright? So, continue with verse 41. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched him I am willing, he told him, be made clean. Now then, from our study in Jeremiah, you will recall, we learned that the Hebrew word uh, translated as compassion had to do with with the womb, meaning therefore having the feeling or the concern and the care that a mother has for her child. That was the Hebrew uh, word. The Greek word translated as compassion here, and that's what this is, is similar to that, and it refers to an immense emotion originated from the depth of your being towards someone who has a great need. I might look with sympathy on someone who I think is in great need. My wife, on the other hand, is moved, moved with tears of compassion. You see the difference? You see the difference? Deep, deep desire to help. See? To Touching someone with leprosy was strictly forbidden by the Old Testament law and would have made Jesus Ceremonially unclean himself if he did it. However, Jesus was so moved by the man's request He chose to personally touch the man and bring healing to him But he placed his love and compassion over any rituals or, or regulations Jesus exerted his authority over sickness by making this leper's body Clean. immediately <coughs> verse 42 says the leprosy left him and he was made clean Argyll Smith's commentary points out the abruptness of the leper's recovery uh, validated and that validated the fact that he had experienced a miracle he probably would have sung Bill Gaither's song uh, he touched me, oh, he touched me, and oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know what. He touched me and made
2: me whole.
0: Yes. Next mark tells us of the witness of. Ministry beginning with verse 43. Then he sternly warned him and sent him away at once, telling him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go and show yourself to the priest and offer what Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Testimony to who? In this case, it was priests. All right, all right, right. And and so first Jesus warns him to say. nothing again jesus wanted to avoid the mistake mistaken notion of what kind of messiah he was or would and would be he wanted to avoid the notion of being primarily a miracle worker he wanted to avoid publicity that would attract people for the wrong reason he didn't come primarily to heal people physically he came primarily to heal, to heal people spiritually Jesus' further instructions are right out of Leviticus 14, which says that when a leper is cleansed, he was to go to the priest, offer two birds and a specific sacrifice, and eight days later, two lambs. So there was a specific Old Testament command that needed to be fulfilled, and Jesus recognized that year. Jesus tells them, essentially, I want you to do this by the book. Do this by the book. So the man, man uh, went silently and solemnly to the priest, right? Of course not. Of course not. Verse 45 tells us what he did. Yet he went out and began to proclaim it wide, wide, widely, and to spread the news, with the result that Jesus could no longer enter a town openly. Right. But he was out in the deserted places. And they came to him from everywhere. Whether or not he went to the priest, that, that's not even stated. All right. But what Mark emphasizes is the man's joyful and enthusiastic sharing of his testimony of what Jesus had done in his life. He spread the news of Jesus' miracle working power everywhere he went, the Bible says. You see,
1: both sides of the man. He was... Uh, sick and all that could, could he could have been killed on the way trying to see him but he too, was courageous
0: enough to try to go and reach him yes but
1: yeah when Jesus healed him he just couldn't
0: keep it to himself' inside of him right the man you he used to yell unclean unclean and now he was yelling what? I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean, all right? And and you know that should be the reaction of all of us who've been touched by Jesus. Forgive, forgiving our sins and, and, and making us making us whole. In this particular instance, in Jesus' ministry, however, we should not dismiss the man's disobedience of Jesus' instruction. As we see here, it did have consequences it did have consequences for Jesus so what can we say in closing what can we say as ministers that is servants of Christ what can we draw from all of this one where is an essential element of power in our ministry Two, we've got to stay focused, not get distracted. We have to keep the main thing, the main thing in our ministry. Three, we need to take advantage of every opportunity to be Jesus to someone having a physical or spiritual need.
1: Yeah, at least talk about spreading the news. But something, I think, it didn't
0: tell us that we should ask Jesus in fast first. No. You know what the, the written word of the Lord says. Mm-hmm. Alright? We are to go. We are to tell. Number four, we are to be a testimony to all of what Jesus has done for each of us. That's what you would write Yes. Proclamation of message in our ministry. Any other comments? Let's pray. Our Father, we depart this place this morning. Having assumed your word. May it take flight in our lives. Carry places we've not been. Cause us to do things we've not done. In the, in the good telling of the story of the good news. And as we depart, now help us in our worship.
2: Make you good in your sight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.